can you tell me a bit maybe about um, what what you've been thinking about racking recordings and what you're kind of trying? I don't know what like why because I really enjoyed listening to your interview with your dad. Yeah, but I kind of wondered like how how would this fit in with that, or, or maybe it doesn't need to fit in with that. I don't know. Yeah, right. Um, I really like the idea of having an excuse or like not an excuse like uh, <laughs> like a thing outside of myself to ask people to do things like that so like a, mm. a reason to like talk to my dad about that in a kind of formal way we talk about it all the time in the house but like mm. just like a different tone of conversation yeah it has a lot to do with like re yeah maybe that's just to say the same thing in a different way like real real life interests of like just asking people about what they're doing and how they're doing it and what they think about it uh. their stories where they're coming from and recording it also I think I like the thing about making the book in that case with my dad or something I, I really like that part of things like putting something together that doesn't only involve me mm. which is some stuff that I just haven't got to the bottom of and maybe I kind of thought that I might get the bottom of it the more I do it or mm. the more the ball is rolling I don't I, I it's kind of the way my personal practice was for a long time like a long yeah. time when I was at art school and graduating and stuff everything I was writing stories and writing poems and stuff but recording everybody else saying them or in like a sound studio or then recording them in the pub where they were maybe saying other things of their own around uh -huh. it or and it kind of all all became the work and I liked that and maybe then where Rat King Recordings comes in is I think it's nice to have it feels important that it's not totally reliant on me being there. Like, uh. it not be in my name, really. Or that, like, other people or somebody else could come in at some point and put out somebody's thing or... I don't know. Yeah. Does that answer anything? Maybe it doesn't. <laughs> no, I, I kind of... Yeah, yeah, I think I understand better. Um, it kind of makes me think that, because I was sort of like thinking about this call and getting nervous and then I was like, but I was sort of just like, well, it's just, it's just like when we used to, um, talk in, in the shop, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and like not understanding why I felt nervous because it's just a, a chat, um, yeah. but, but yeah. also, yeah, it's, recording it and also it being a sort of thing um maybe I was sort of thinking about how it makes a sort of shift that you can't really put into words um yeah but I really yeah. like it as well I like it I like it being recorded and I like the sense that it's part of something bigger and, and yeah. it's not just you know it's not really about me or you anymore yeah which is a bit like which is a bit like why I like writing poems because suddenly it's a poem and it's not really 
it's not really me anymore but it still is in a way but it's not really (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of this like not really an open space just like a different space like it's like walking into a different room and I don't know saying things there is different from if you say it in the other room (laughs) yeah (laughs) um I think uh that I don't know. I think the recording thing is is weird, but I think at the start, whenever I was like making a website and stuff, or that wasn't even that wasn't the start really. But when that part came along, and I felt like oh, I was having loads of fun, and then I thought oh now I have to like tell people about it, and people are going to ask me like what it is, <laughs> or like mm. oh no. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then for ages I was thinking like, okay, maybe it's like a creative archive or something. I thought that was like a wee like two Mm. words that I was attached to for a while because it felt like in my quote real life, like in in the shop or in the house in Derry, I was like having conversations with people about the things that they were doing that felt uh, meaningful and cool and funny and like not too not too big or like not too deep or something but really mm. but really nice and really important or the content of it like or it was like about experiences that I thought were important or cooler and the bottom line was always oh, I wish other people could hear this or I wish other people knew about this or I wish yeah yeah definitely and it's definitely something that I sort of, yeah, that I remember finding in, in the poems that you sent me. Like, yeah, and what you said about, like, the, the poetry is already there. And mm. it's not like you've discovered it in a kind of grand way or anything, but it's it's there and you can kind of, yeah, just kind of pick up on it. And, yeah, and, and almost like, it's funny because it's not like there are kind of all these grand words for it, like, oh, you're a curator or, like, you discovered yeah. something or you... <laughs> um, but it's not like that because, I don't know, you just... It's just something that you thought was important and and it's not like you're... you're I think that's the other thing I like about the, the kind of, um, like, not having a specific name for this project, really. Like, a, oh, this is what it is. Yeah. Because it's not like you're, you're forcing it on people. You're not, like, saying oh, this is important in this sense, so you should really think it's important. It's just kind um, of like, I don't know. It's kind of trusting people in a way. It's like, oh, if I saw the importance of this, then then you'll probably see it as well. I think the thing that I imagine it might become will be really different when there's a lot of recordings. Yeah, like as it gets more recordings in it, people... Mm maybe people stop taking it it becomes more of a a sort of phenomenon and less of I don't know just more like uh, people can people can start thinking they know why you're doing it or or what the specific importance is of it I just Um, yeah I think it it could just be a cool tool for sharing people's stories and people's things that they're making mm. or or doing do you want to introduce yourself? My name is Grace Linden, and um, I live in 
in Bow in East London. I grew up in Dalston. Um, and I am currently uh, doing a master's in creative writing at Royal Holloway. And yeah. <laughs> um, and I know you from, uh, we both worked in the same shop. Um, but now you've gone to Newcastle. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, shall, I, shall I read this poem? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I got another thing because it kind of came partly from um, the afterword of this biography of Lorca that I was reading. Um, maybe I'll read the poem and then I'll read the, the quote which kind of um, sort of prompted the poem. Mm-hmm. So it's called Finish the Nights, the Days, the Hours. I must give up making pictures for the moment. In the green rain outside, there was for a while not thinking, if only it had not been outside. The rain was so many green nerve endings, stammering, unhinged, quite useless. For now I must finish with making pictures. When I closed my eyes, I saw a network of indigo brown caves, dusty and sharp, the smell of blood. Like anyone high on herself, I had secrets, and here was one. Yes, there must be an end to making pictures. The bed was soft and narrow. It was not made up. Perhaps what hurt most was the apparent contingency of the arrangement. Wherever you had gone, I went there to recover you. Um, yeah, and then this is the afterword of um, this biography of Lorca by Ian Gibson. And basically, when... So Lorca's killed at the end of the biography, like everyone knows, but then there's this afterword, which is like two pages long, but I'll just read the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um which is about um, this guy who was Lorca's lover at the end and kind of um, just they were very, very close. Um, And he's called Rafael Rodriguez Rapun. And so the afterword says, um, Maria Teresa Leon, the militant communist wife of Rafael Alberti, knew Rafael Rodriguez Rapun well and about the relationship that existed between him and Lorca. When Colonel Gonzalez Espinosa's reply to H.G. Wells, um, which which was published in the newspapers and kind of confirmed that Lorca had been killed, because up till that point they, they didn't know. Um, when his reply to H.G. Wells was re- published in the Madrid newspapers that October, and it became clear that the poet had indeed been killed, that the appalling rumour was true, she saw Rapun again. Nobody can have suffered the way that quiet lad did on account of his death. She wrote in her memoirs, finish the nights, the days, the hours, better to die. And Rapun went off to die in the north. I am convinced of that. After firing his rifle furiously, he allowed himself to be killed. It was his way of recovering Federico. Cipriano Rivas Sharif, who was arrested by the Nazis in France and handed over to Franco, heard a similar version when he was released from prison in 1945. Someone told him that Rapun, who had enlisted voluntarily in the Republican army once he felt certain that the fascists had killed Federico, jumped out of the trench one day, saying that he wanted to die. A few seconds later, he was mown down. 
Rivas Sharif was never able to verify the truth of the account, which he admitted might be merely a legend, but it was substantially accurate. And then it just goes on to kind of talk about what happened. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's quite, it's quite like, it's quite a lot. Maybe I should have um, told you about it before. <laughs> no, it's good. Where did you come across the book? How did I come across the book? Um, I can't remember exactly. I think, I think I kind of known about Lorca for a long time, but it was always like he was this kind of mythical figure, and I haven't really read that much of his poetry. Mm. But then I think I just, I think I must have found it in a charity shop, or maybe, and maybe John found it in a charity shop. Um, and then I was reading it for like, for just ages. I, I. Yeah, I remember like once I left it at the shop and I was like, aha, you need to, you need to get it. Cause <laughs> um, yeah, um, but I finally finished it and I was like, oh, it just, I just felt really sort of destroyed by it. It was so, so sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe partly because I'd been reading it for so long. It was almost like he'd become a bit of a presence in my life because I'd pick it up and then put it down again and and then it gets to the end and it's like oh oh my god yeah. and then you wrote him a poem <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but I think it was more for more for this guy Rafael Rodriguez Rapun because I don't know like he's he's a very minor character in the book in a way because it's so much about Lorca and but then just I don't know and I, I'm finding it hard to to say maybe and maybe that's a bit what the poem is about because it's a bit like this thing happened and what could I possibly say about it mm. um like I didn't I just really and I, I think this is something that I feel a lot about poems at the moment that I'm really kind of worried about imposing a really strong arrangement on things that happen I don't want to like force things into a certain shape um but at the same time you know like things do have or you you know like things can have a shape which is quite insistent and also at the same time it's quite it's quite painful to think that things like that happen randomly and I don't know um that things like both are difficult imposing a shape on things and also feeling that things don't have a, a sort of shape that you can make sense of. Mm. Does, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Mm. What did you think about it when you when you read it? What <laughs> <laughs> what did you have? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. There now. Uh, that the things I thought and then the notes I made I was like, can I say this now that she's read that? <laughs> No, no, yeah, please, please, please say it. I think because of the way that I write things, I really unfairly put that on everyone else or I, like, assume that from everyone else. Yeah. So I think I felt surprised there now that it it came so much from somebody else because I had read you so so much in there. But I think the thing... That I 
thought about as in all the poems not just this one but I've I felt like because then you sent me a fourth one separately uh. and it was there too that I've I felt like uh well I think everything's a conversation I think they all sounded like conversations or that they uh were concerned with conversation sometimes I I think that all poems are but then I read a re- one that I think is really bad and I realise that they're not <laughs> so I think all good poems are <laughs> but they felt they feel like conversations that are about very small very important things uh, yeah. that somebody in them is trying to take very seriously mm. and I think the the more that I spent time with them or the more that I read I felt like a, a wee world building up around that feeling uh, that at the same time kind of felt really sometimes really sad and mm. and but then sometimes so sad that it was kind of funny and that was the bit I was like I can't say that <laughs> that's not funny <laughs> that's do you know fair. what I mean? Uh, does, I, that, I, does any I of that think you're complete... sorry. does any of that make sense? Yeah, all of it. Yeah, I think I think you're right about the conversation thing, and I think you're right about things which are small and like trying to take them very seriously. And I think yeah. And what was the other thing that you said about a world which is kind of like sad, but so sad that it's funny? Yeah. <laughs> I I I think. Um, I'm just trying to think of all those three things together. Mm. Um, maybe start at the beginning with the conversations. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think, I think like recently I I stopped writing for a long time, and I felt really bad about that. And I think, but it was hard to tell. Like, did I feel bad because I'd stopped writing, or did I stop writing because I felt bad? Yeah. And I, I think it was partly, like, feeling that I. I wasn't talking to anyone mm. or, or I couldn't write these poems because I couldn't imagine them being received in a way which was like understanding. Um, yeah. And then <laughs> do you remember that poem that I, I think I even put it up on my Instagram story, the one which is kind of addressed to John. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I think that was the first poem that I wrote after this long period because maybe it was absolutely because John had been like just like really on my case about it and he was like you need to write something Mm um and I was like I can't and he was like do it (laughs) um and but that made me feel again like there was the possibility of a of a conversation I guess um and then yeah like small things maybe that's part of it as well because they're just small things and why would anyone be interested or try to understand them? Because, you know, but I, I I often find them, like, really, really important. Like, there are things that stick in my head. I, I have been thinking recently a lot about kind of humour and laughing about things. And mm. I, <laughs> I was thinking about wanting to write a poem which is, like, really sad jokes <laughs> yeah. they're all kind of like structured like jokes but they're just really sad <laughs> yeah. 
because um, yeah, because jokes are all, all. I always feel like when you make a joke, you kind of make this. You kind of construct an arrangement of things, and then you're like, nah, and you destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I kind of, yeah, I, I quite, I quite like that, but I also feel like it's probably not good that I like it. I don't know. <laughs> I think I feel I feel like that's what Ivor Cutler does. Do you like him? Mm. I I heard about him and I've I've seen some of his pictures, um, but I haven't I haven't like properly looked at it. Um. Can you? Yeah. Yeah, you should. I I thought of him when I was reading your PDF. Mm. Uh, there's a really great. I think it's the name of a documentary about him as well. He has a poem called. Uh, looking for the truth with a pen um, and on YouTube there's a really good video of him reading it it's like an old BBC video it's like it, I also think if you type in Ivor Cutler it's one of the first things that comes up Yeah. but he does a really similar thing as well of like f- like pulling out all the smallest bits of a story that feels kind of big and I'm really focusing on them and taking them very seriously mm. in a way that's sad and funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like he does the joke thing that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. He has a, a series as well called, like, uh, I think it was, like, a, originally, like, a radio type, th- like, a radio play type thing that was, like, I'm going to forget the name of it exactly, but it's like, less, not lessons, like tales from a Scotch sitting room or something. And it's like, kind of like his readings always are like soft music in the background and him reading. And it's kind of rambly, detailed descriptions of a living room. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna. I think you'd love it. You know. Yeah, I'm gonna get into this. <laughs> I, th- I think you'd think it was really funny. One here called "Life in a Scotch Sitting Room." Okay. Yeah, that's cool. the one. Tales. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about the second one? Oh uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Because I think this, um, this one makes me think think of it most. Yeah. Um, this one doesn't have a title yet. Um, <laughs> I was so worried when I sent it to you that you would be like, can't believe you, I don't know why, it was so, I got so worried that you were going to be like, can't believe you stole what I said. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. no. Um, <laughs> when I received it, it was like, I can't believe you put me in a poem. <laughs> ah! <laughs> um... Okay, I'll I'll read it. Um, That morning in the shop, I was imagining a world without butter. In that world, people sat around with their hands loose and empty on their laps saying, I can't believe butter doesn't exist. In primary school, the head teacher told a story of some frogs trapped in a large bowl of milk. One by one, the frogs grow tired from swimming, slip into the milk and drown. But one frog keeps swimming, 
and with its kicking legs churns the milk into cream and the cream into butter. This hard-working frog is then able to climb from the firm surface out of the bowl and escape. I wonder still if it would work out like that for the churning frog. Wouldn't the poor frog find, as she swam in circles, that the milk became stiffer and closer, clagging and weighing down her twitching legs? And even if she succeeded in making butter, wouldn't she find herself as stuck in the butter as she was immersed in the milk? I'm only asking. I was sitting there with Neve behind the counter made of stacked blocks of butter. She said in a sad sort of way, in those days it felt like you could email anyone anything. But the work finds you out as you sit there, very high up, watching the world tumble away like a ball of wool. As we talked, we were hard at work, picking off stray threads with our greasy canary yellow fingers. Um, that that's the one that I, fir- I first thought of Ivor Cutler. Mm. And I thought you should listen to him. Sometimes they feel quite absurd. Mm. <laughs> this one I feel like I can, I can point, point to it. <laughs> I like the way that, even though I said before, that I think these things, the poems really feel like they come from you. You know that I think lo- lots of people write lots of poems and lots of the time I kind of feel like they could all swap over and nobody would know or something like or what am I trying to say lots of times I just don't think that people have a specific voice and I I really think you do I think I would I would know that this came from you and I think that that's what was fun to read because I think when we met and we're getting to know each other at work, I didn't read any of your poems. I knew that you wrote poems, but I didn't know any of them. And I think that that was what was so fun when you sent me the poems. I was like, oh, cool, they sound like Grace. <laughs> um, what is that sound? That sound is... Wait, for me? Yeah. No, well, uh, someone came to the door. Um, I think it was the postman, postperson. <laughs> postperson. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, that makes me really happy to hear you say that. Um, and at the same time, it reminds me of being on Art Foundation and this girl. Like, I don't know. I just felt really. <laughs> She like came to look at the work that I was doing in my in my space, and she was like, she was like, whatever work you do, you can just tell that it's you. <laughs> and I was like, I felt kind of like, I just like didn't know what to say because I was like, oh my god, because <laughs> because it it felt kind of nice, but also like like a trap, like <laughs> mm. like oh, what if I wanted to write something like someone else? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think that before I think before we were recording and you said about when you send people poems and they don't know what they say back. I think sometimes that can that can be what that is. I think sometimes when somebody's voice is so strong or something mm. I think people can feel a bit stuck outside outside of it or something. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Or kind of like but also like they don't need to say anything like the the positive side of that is like oh you're just 
you're just getting on with what with who you are or or what mm. you do mm. and and you don't need it doesn't feel like yeah yeah mm. I think I really um I like I like the way that it's not just necessarily mem- memories it's if I feel like these kind of poems and I mean I've wrote these kind of poems that are definitely just like one time I did and it, like every line of it is just true and plays out in the order that it happened and is said by the people <laughs> that mm. said it um, <laughs> um I think whatever the voice or the quality or whatever is that I'm thinking about or trying to describe I think couldn't do that maybe mm. yeah because it, fe- it, it feels important <laughs> that you're like never just thinking about one one thing or one experience or they never feel as like much of a straight line mm. as as that maybe whenever they seem to actually come from you or something I think it's funny that the first one feel like like sounds way way more straight and then you were like and I read this book and then it made me me think of this but where this one just feels from your head yeah I I I definitely see what you mean where it's like it's not like it's not like I've finished thinking about it no (laughs) um it's not like the poem is like the conclusion to a process it's kind of like oh I I need to write this and and like this one I was much more like no I I don't know I think I was still thinking a lot about yeah I think the first one was also a way of thinking through something but this one was definitely like I'm thinking through this but I really don't I don't have any (laughs) I don't have any answers to it I, I can't you know like it's just this ongoing thing that I, I'm thinking and feeling, but and it helps to write the poem, but it doesn't it doesn't conclude anything, um, I guess. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Although with this, it kind of part of it started with the you know the first the 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 first um, the first bit about saying I can't believe butter doesn't exist. Mm. I did. Maybe this is a bit what you're talking about as well. I, I did genuinely think that, imagine that. And mm. I was like sitting around laughing at myself for ages before I <laughs> before I, I, I wrote it down. Like I, I kind of genuinely found myself really funny when I when I wrote that. <laughs> um yeah. That uh, I I think this one feels the most like your joke analogy as well like building everything up to kind of just tear it down and then laugh at it yeah I I really think I think when I read it I was trying to think about at the same time because I I want to ask you about when you started writing poems Mm. and and so I was I was thinking about it and then I had this memory of learning about that William Carlos Williams poem about the plums Mm. And having like a complete penny drop moment where I was like, oh my God. So your note can just be a poem. (laughs) (laughs) 
and like <laughs> literally it was like somebody just had a switch that I and I just thought it was hilarious that <laughs> and I, don't, I mean I don't know the ins and outs of him writing that poem but I, I, let, I really just thought it was the funniest thing in the world that he might have wrote a note for somebody and then called it a poem and I think that in me writing things and me reading things, whatever that excitement about that sentiment is just hasn't gone away at all. Mm. So that that part of me, when I read this poem, was like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to think about that light switch moment. And thinking about, well, yeah. what came before that? Because obviously I knew poems existed before that, but what did I think they were? And then I had these horrible memories of learning about Siegfried Sassoon. <laughs> and all that. Not in a disrespectful way. <laughs> but all I think before that, maybe I just thought poetry was about war all the time. <laughs> um, what do you think about that? Uh, I really... I really liked, I really enjoyed listening to that. Um, I think it's, it's just like the, also going through the motions of like, what parts of that can can I say out loud? <laughs> but I was like, it's definitely just the trajectory of somebody who is in fact committed the school. But, um, I think that's great. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember like any kind of moment like that. But I really, I really like it. Like, I kind of wish, I wish that I'd had a moment like that. Well, I made it just, made it up as well, you know. But, <laughs> um. When did I start writing poems? I can't remember. I think, oh, I don't know. I think I, now I feel really lame because I feel like I, I did start writing poems with this kind of like, really, really like, weird pretentious sense of like I'm a writer and you know that. like a kind of teenager kind of self-important like I'm writing a poem and this is how you can tell it's a poem because it has lots of serious feelings in it and you know like you know a bit like what you said about oh, poetry is just about <laughs> just about war or something mm. it's like this is very serious this is my um, war <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, I think I think there's it felt I mean equal parts like lame and important to ask you about that because I felt like there's parts of them answers that don't go away for people, I think. Mm. So I think these yeah. like very small things that somebody is trying to take very seriously. Yeah. I can imagine is like just as present in like 13-year-old Grace as well. <laughs> you know, what I mean? it's like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I see that. But I think, yeah, and it kind of, that's helpful because I was also thinking about when I was at university and there was, like, this punishing sort of, like, quite horrible schedule of writing maybe, like, one or two essays per week. Mm -hmm. And and I would also just, like, start, I wrote some poems then because they were, like, they were, like, weird sort of, like, overflow poems because I was doing all this writing and lots of the stuff I said didn't mean that much to me, but 
there was lots happening and lots that I was reading that meant a lot to me. And then like these little poems kind of happened less self-consciously because mm. it was like, there are these other things, small things, um, which I, which I need to say or else I'll, I'll go a bit mad. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, when I was wee, my mummy was a childminder. Mm. So she used to have all these magazines and books around that were like about teaching children or children growing up and stuff. And I used to look through them sometimes. And, and one of them, there was like about writing poems or writing with children. And then there was like mm. a, an example one that was like a, a take on Monday's child is whatever Tuesday's child is and it was really mean and it was really funny and it was really horrible about all these children and I think it might have been a joke for like the adults that were reading the magazine and Mm. I thought this is so hilarious and then I wrote it out in my own handwriting and I decorated it and I really proudly took it to my granny's house and I was like look at this poem I wrote (laughs) and I, I just wanted I remember thinking that is so cool that somebody wrote that. What if I wrote that? And then I wrote it out. And everyone was like, Neve, did you write that? And all the adults were laughing and everybody loved it. In retrospect, maybe people realised that I didn't write it. And I just sort of believed it. Like, what is that thing in your poem? Like, somebody high on herself. <laughs> I was like, I was in it. I really believed it. And my granny stuck it up in the wall and everything. I just let people believe that I wrote it. Oh my god. Mm. Oh gosh. I think people <laughs> might have knew. This changes everything. I, I don't I just don't know. <laughs> you know like, I, I'm just struggling. <laughs> Nothing is mine. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I ever I don't think I would have done that when I was a child. But I really I really respect that you did. <laughs> I think I was really like I was a very um kind of hyper conscious of being very like good and doing the right thing kind of child <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't know do you ever feel like because when I read your poem some of it you know it it does it takes from things that other people say and from and you're in lots of them and stuff but mm. do you ever think of it like that like kind of properly stealing or like deceiving people you know in those kind of bad terms do you, do you ever think of it like that totally um <laughs> <laughs> i think some of the best stuff i ever wrote i would like never repeat now or something and it all came it i wrote them all maybe in the f- first year of university where I like started, I mean, I think I had always been writing wee bits and pieces, but in the way that I think like everybody Mm. uh, could probably write poems, you know, or that everybody is probably writing poems or, and then in first year I was like, oh no, what if I like started doing it more, doing it this way, or what if I read them out and told them to people and, and then there was like a wee period where I was like, oh my God, I could just say anything, I could do anything <laughs> and I write these really like outlandish kind of true stories or something and I, and I think that they were funny 
and they probably were good but I could never over time I realized that it was wrong or something like it felt like stealing or parts of them felt inappropriate or like maybe it was only like one or two things if I like think back to them now I'm like oh that was just theft that was awful I shouldn't have said that like um and I just never told anybody that I was doing it and if people were there for the performance they were and if they weren't then kind of tough shit I didn't do them anywhere else you know Mm. uh but then I think the more the more you know the more you have like a filter or like a lens that things go through or something and I think at the time I probably just didn't know very much so I wasn't I couldn't I didn't have like the tools to be uh critical about it Mm. I probably was critical in other ways but my theft filter wasn't very (laughs) <laughs> wasn't very good. Yeah, which feels like, like kind of good and also sad at the same time. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Like you kind of lost something. I often think that, looking back at, like being, <laughs> like, it's, it's kind of funny because obviously we're not that old. But mm. looking back, I I just yeah I think that's partly why, what you said about being able to email anyone anything really like like hit me because <laughs> I was like it, it felt like that weird feeling of suddenly being um quite old not not in you know but in a very particular way which is kind of like I feel now like there are things that I just shouldn't do or um I have to take responsibility I've, for Sorry? Have to take responsibility for. No. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and in some ways sometimes it, for me it feels like, oh no, like like I'm I'm a real person now. Like <laughs> you know, like I, I actually exist and, and that's mm. that's kind of nice, but it's also uh like I you know, there's so much that you can't do if you're a real person. <laughs> mm. Um I felt uh, um, really sad when I read The Frogs. Yeah. Yeah, The Frogs are so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, yeah, it's again that thing of... And I really strongly associate this with, um, with like, working. Not, like, nice working, like, I don't know, writing things or making things, but working, like, turning up for work and doing work, kind of work this kind of thing of yeah you're you're suddenly a which is the really well I don't know suddenly just suddenly because you need to turn up for this thing and you have this responsibility and you're being paid for this thing it's like a way of being a real person that I I really don't get on with (laughs) yeah which is maybe where the the sad part comes in what do you mean you don't get on with it I don't know really um I kind of wonder if anyone gets on with it, but it's this sense of of feeling a bit a bit trapped, I guess, mm. um, and feeling kind of, in a way, happy to have a job and happy to get money for doing things, and but then also, it's like suddenly you have to be a part of the world which isn't your own, maybe. Mm. 
um, you're just a small piece of of a world that you didn't have any input in making, and you didn't really ask for it either. <laughs> mm. Like no, like the story is like this part of why the story's weird is because you know how why did the frogs end up in a bowl of milk? Like who's a who the fuck's putting frogs in a bowl of milk? <laughs> um, should, should I read the, the last poem? Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, cool. Um, so, this come, this, I, this came from this fragment by this archaic Greek poet that I'd had in my head for ages. I think I just read it one time at university and I was like, wow, that's so cool. I'm going to use that sometime. And then, I don't know, it's it just been in my head for ages. Um, and then in the workshop um, for my course, um, we were asked to bring in a an object and then we had to kind of write, not write a poem, but let the poem be a kind of, disturbed by the object it was very vague like I didn't really <laughs> I didn't really get it um but I wanted to write this poem which was like where you could see exactly where it came from mm-hmm. um you know like in it was this feeling that I always had when I was writing doing maths at school where I would like come up with the answer and then it would be like, no, you have to go back and show you're working. Yeah, and I'd be right. like, I don't want to do that. Like <laughs> I got exactly the answer, isn't that enough? <laughs> what I thought of, <laughs> the more I looked at it. Sorry? That's exactly what I thought of, the more I looked at it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about showing you're working out. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Anacreon Fragment 385. Ek potamu Panta ferusa lampra. And then um, this is a kind of list of the words in it and what the dictionary says about them. <laughs> Ek, of motion, out of, force from, to denote change from one place or condition to another. Of position, outside, beyond, with verbs signifying to hang or fasten. Potamos, a river, stream, pass. Latin, omnis, all when used of many, when of one only, all the whole. Epanercome, to go up, to return. Ferro, to bear or carry a load, Homeric, attic, of a woman with child. To bear, endure, suffer, to bring, fetch. To bring, offer, present. To bring, produce, work, cause. To pay something, due or owing to carry in the mouth, i.e. to speak much of. Lampros, of white objects, bright, of water, clear, limpid, of the voice, clear, sonorous, distinct. Metaphorically of vigorous action, Lampros animos, a keen wind. From river I come bearing bright things up from the river I return with, the washing, all clean. Out of a river I climb, bringing each piece of clear water no longer in the river, but shining all over. Here, the ardent white things of the river, dim, then beaming, sheeny, then rough, then. Running late, I carry in my mouth words. I suffer, I owe, 
plain stuff from a river hanging. A bend in the river fluttering light where one day I may take my work and drown it. That's so good. I love you reading that more than I loved reading it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can, yeah. I, I, I liked me reading it more than I liked writing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, what a difficult way to write a poem. I think. Yeah. But I think it's really well, good, and I think, and I really enjoyed it. But I def, I definitely find it difficult, and like, chewed on it for a long time. Yeah. How do you mean? Um. Yeah, I I see what you mean, but it's funny for me. This is like the easier way to write a poem because it feels a lot less like I have to drag up stuff <laughs> without any help from inside if that makes any sense like it's like you can kind of gather all these ingredients and kind of put them together and it's a bit more just impersonal I suppose but do you think that makes it yeah what what do you mean when you say it's difficult I don't speak Greek. Is the first part. Uh, I think I'm really, maybe just my education, etc. I'm really also just not used to reading like Latin origins or things like this. Like I think maybe that is as well as like a a thing to read is a tone or something. That I'm not used to mm. tapping in day. Mm. So I think it just felt like mm. jarring at first. I just switched gears. Mm. And the one that I don't usually drive in. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it's like, what is the end of that analogy? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. You know, but just maybe like uh, a bit unfair, I think. But. Yeah, it's kind of unfair, but it's also really fair. <laughs> yeah, I thought I think... about I thought about um have have you heard of that uh, Alan Moore book Jerusalem? Do you know? That? Uh, no. Um, Alan Moore. Yeah, the he is like most famous for doing Watchmen and things like that. Yeah. Uh. He wrote this really long book called Jerusalem. That's really that's really good. It's like three yeah. books in one. It's it's a really long detailed story or like lots of stories, like interconnected kinda like a layering of lives. It talks about like the living and ghosts of the dead in mm. working class Northampton. The and there's like a whole chapter of the book that's written in a language that he made up <laughs> yeah. he's he when he also i'm not saying that you made greek and latin up <laughs> <laughs> but uh he when he's talking about it he says that well one he says that he did it because he just had this urge for every two words that he wanted to write he just had this urge to smash them together and make a third one and then just write yeah. a chapter out of that there's and then there's a good interview 
with Stuart Lee where he's trying to ask him about it uh, and he he talks about how he did it in another book and but he did it the whole first chapter so the whole first chapter was like written in this language that he just totally made up mm. uh, and Stuart Lee's asking him why he done it and he said uh, to keep cunts out of my book <laughs> and then he says well no <laughs> Uh, and he talks about this thing called uh, literary difficulty, which I'd never uh. heard about before, where he says you deliberately sacrifice a certain degree of your audience, like you uh. accept that you're going to alienate some people, uh. but the ones who remain will be forced to engage with it on like a deeper uh. level or whatever. Yeah, I think that's super really interesting I, I, I find it like <laughs> really troubling at the same time because yeah I think I'm like confused I've, about it sorry <laughs> I feel like I've um, kind of missed something which is like what so when I learned <laughs> when I learned Latin it was not it was not at my, it was at the, it was outside school um, mm. because I kind of took it up as being tutored in it and it was kind of like this really fun thing because it was like a secret, a secret language and that's how I engaged with it for ages mm. um, and I think it's sort of still a big part of how I engage with Greek and Latin but the thing that I feel like I've forgotten and that I shouldn't have forgotten is like how these aren't secret languages. Like you said, like I didn't make these up. Um, mm. They don't belong to me. And actually they belong to like, they belong to a really like big and horrible world of, I don't know, like exploiting people and making people feel stupid and um, snobbery and, you know, all this, like, horrible stuff. Um, mm. And I feel almost bad. I feel really bad at the idea that, like, using them in the way that I've been, that I've used it in this poem kind of invokes that as well without meaning it. Um, because, yeah. Um, but it, well, it, it sort of does it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um. Like, shame shouldn't stop an, anybody using another language, you know? Mm. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, at, at the same time, I also had some, like, if you got him, smoke him kind of thing. I thought, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, I thought, yeah, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would just, it would be such a different thing if it wasn't all the definitions and how they're interconnected and used to give context for like what they might mean yeah in the wee story at the end yeah you know I kind of no I kind of had the even though I thought about all of that stuff I kind of had the opposite feeling where I was like oh no it's totally generous you've given me all the tools do you think about your story? Yeah, definitely. 
and yeah, I kind of want wanted to do that as well because it would have been I don't know like there's something a bit like the 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 kind of the snobbery and making people feel stupid about classics and Latin and Greek is is kind of like you know like I just feel like it's in films and books and stuff where someone will say a Latin phrase and it's it's not to say anything except I know this and you don't kind yeah, of thing. Right. Um, it's it's like this these languages which are so often used to not say anything except to kind of hold them over people. <laughs> <laughs> and I think yeah, I think when I was studying them at uni, it, that was like the the horrible struggle of it in a way as well because like. And I'm sure this is true of lots of people who study classics. Like they, they meant a lot to me, um, in my own kind of like weird and probably not often correct or accurate or like, you know, like I, I was never that good at ancient Greek, for instance. Like they meant a lot to me, but then I was suddenly in this place where that really didn't matter. <laughs> mm. Like no one really gave a shit what how I how I felt or imagined or you know like that kind of relationship to the to the languages mm. it's so cool how much you're able to do I get like, the difference between the three poems is is so nice <sighs> yeah that's really nice to hear you say that as well because that's another thing I feel quite weird about I'm like these are so <laughs> yeah they're they're quite different on me mm. but then I, I but think that, that also I... comes from like oh it just also comes from holding off quite a lot from writing things quite often and being like no I need to wait until I have a proper reason to write this <laughs> mm. <laughs> um which I think yeah like I definitely felt when I was reading your poems as well, that it was kind of like, you've definitely written these because you you felt like you needed to write them. <laughs> Do you think that's true? Maybe. Or maybe it's, it's closer to, I've felt like I either have said it or would say it. I think it's totally related to say, saying stuff out loud or like conversation as like a, mm. a thing that people can hear. I'm trying to understand. So it's not like, it's like, it's almost like they already exist even before you've written them down. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot better way of saying it than like, I need to write this, or I need to write this. Yeah, they already exist before you've written them down. 